All right, folks, welcome back to another edition of the High School Huddle, your one-stop shop for everything and all things Section 5 Sports. I'm AJ Fellman. He is Carl Jones. Carl, we are getting to the end of the regular seasons. We are six weeks into the high school football season. All the other sports, just about the same amount of their seasons already in the books. Maybe like one or two more weeks until sectionals, but we're, we're grinding away, Carl. Yeah, man, the weather changed real quick, so that means it's just getting to the nitty-gritty time for the fall sports. Uh, it's exciting, though. You know, things starting to ramp up a bit, uh, stakes a little bit higher. I, I was When I was uh, prepping for Section 5 best last week, I'm like, man, soccer, they only got three games left. Like, I feel like the game, season's just started. So, no, this is a fun time of year where all that work you put in in the offseason comes to fruition, so I'm excited for the kids. Yeah, it's been it's been good. You know, the football season – it seems like they did a decent job of having these big games in the last couple of weeks. We had a couple of big games last week that we're going to talk about later on in the show. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of big moments, one of which Carl got out to see in the uh, the Palmac at Midlakes game. Uh, two schools we don't get a chance to to see too often, but so far this season, anytime I've gone out to Palmac, you've gone out to Palmac, we've been treated with something good, and, and that was the case this week. Yeah, man. Shout out to my man Keegan Hostry. Uh, there was a catch actually when I first got there. I'm like, oh, okay, that might that might make it into the high life for sure. But then my man Keegan had a nice little one hand there, never brought the other hand to it, but a touchdown back right pylon. It was one of those where you shot it and you were like, Oh yeah, he about to be on TV tonight. He about to he about to get like a little rewind, a little rewind, slow motion type of love. That's how good of a catch it was. Really, really dope catch. It was actually so good that the uh the adults next to me, even the chain gang, were like, did you get that? I'm like, what you think? What you think? Yeah, yeah, I got that. Don't don't worry. Tune in to Football Frenzy tonight. You'll see it uh, with your own eyes. But I actually had to show them in person, too. I showed them on my <laughs> camera. That's how good it was. Like, y'all ain't got to wait till 11 o'clock to see it. But nonetheless, it was a really dope catch, man. And uh, I mean, I don't know if it's the gloves or these kids being inspired by OBJ, but I feel like ever since 2014, when Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. hit the scene, these kids been doing all these one-hand catches, and it's fun to see. Yeah, if you're listening on podcast audio version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, be sure to check out the YouTube page, uh, RochesterFirst.com, because we're going to be playing this over and over and over again as we're talking about this. And and Carl did not warn me at all that this catch was going to happen. I, he didn't get a heads up like, hey, AJ, get ready for this one. I was completely blind. So I was watching as a viewer is home, basically, kind of maybe even overreacted. I kind of screamed a little too loud as I saw that catch. But luckily, we 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 rewinded it about a couple times and it was we've been seeing some great plays in section five so far this play uh we haven't finalized section five best i assume it will be the top of section five best this week last week it was rihanna hudson of athena just taking out 10 defenders basically scoring her goal so we've been seeing a lot of talent this so far in section five yeah i mean i remember last year we had the night where we had like six catches yeah. and we just literally just said that's going to be the show tonight. Just like just making about these great catches that those are the fun nights though, where you get to gas it up a little bit. You feel like you're on sports center a bit, like top 10 plays or how good the plays are going, but uh, no, it's fun. I, I hope that we get some, uh, some more ecstatic catches and the kids one up that this upcoming Friday night. Yeah. Palmaca team. We haven't talked about too much on the show this year. They're playing an independent schedule as a, a decent large handful of teams are doing this season. There are nine teams that are basically, you know, getting a chance to pick their own schedules, pick teams that, you know, they can be competitive with. Palomac is right now at 4-0 on the season so far. Uh, they're playing Class B last year, but they're putting together a nice little season. 
Uh, they had a good homecoming win when I saw them uh, the week prior. So Palmax putting together some good things. Moving to the teams that are playing in sectionals, the uh, the best of the best. We're going to go to our high school huddle local football rankings once again. Uh, we'll start with the large schools because the small schools just about stayed the same. Starting off at our uh, our top two spots, once again, staying the same. McQuaid at number one at 6-0. You prep at number two at 6-0. McQuaid, the headline there, coming off a big win against Hilton. Uh, obviously a matchup we were looking forward to last week. It kind of lived up to the hype. Uh, it was McQuaid winning that one by a final margin of 24 to 21. McQuaid got up by 10 points in uh, the second half. Uh, Hilton came back, scored a touchdown, had a chance on a final drive, got into Hilton territory, um, just probably on the outskirts of the red zone, but just couldn't punch it in. Johnny Harding, once again, having a big game, two touchdowns. And I've seen Robert Lowry so far in person. I haven't seen – this is my first Robert Lowry work-to-the-bone type of game that, that Carl has talked about before in the past. It is just unreal what this kid is doing out there. He, you know, he'll bust out like a crazy 12, 13-yard run. Look like the man is dead on the field. Look like he is injured. He is tired. He is bruised. He is battered. He is beaten. And I'm like, oh, man, Hilton, they are screwed right now. There is no way they can go back to him for, like, at least three or four plays. He's got to be a decoy. At the very least, he's got to go out of the game. And they run the next play to him, and he just gets this, like, burst and, you know, burst of speed and agility. And then he dies on the field the next it is it is just really quite something what they're what Robert Lowry is putting together this season. You no, know, you're right. <laughs> His gas tank is never on E, I swear. Like, even if you like that, uh, when you're driving a car and you see you got five miles left, you're like, should I go to the gas station? Nah, I'm gonna keep trying to go. Like, that's how he really operates out there on the field. Like, I remember that game winning driving in Schrader. I'm like, they're not about to give him the ball again, are they? They're not, and he's not the biggest dude either, isn't it? No. Like, he's like six foot 190 out there. Like, he might be 160 if he got textbooks in his pocket. Like, he's really not the biggest kid, like, on the field. But it don't matter. You know, you know this, You know how the, the quote goes about it's not the, the size of the dog or whatever, however that old school quote or whatever. My man can play ball, and I got so much respect for him because he goes both ways, too. So, Mr. Mr. Lowry definitely, definitely deserves his flowers for how he plays week in and week out. Yeah, that is the thing. He He's also a talented sprinter. That's the thing. He plays on both sides of the ball, which – I feel like as we're gearing up, you know, it's tough because they have all these big games coming up. They're going to play Aquinas this week. They're going to play U prep. So like, this is really crunch time for the playoffs. I don't know if I would be playing in both sides of the ball, you know, coming down the stretch, obviously you're going to have to do that in playoffs. You, you put your best 11 on the field at all times, but man, he is, he is something so far this year, 22 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. He's doing playing special teams too. He's really doing everything. So uh, a nice win for McQuaid. They they keep finding ways to get dubs. They will not play U-Prep this season in the regular season. So we're going to have to wait for a possible playoff matchup to see those two teams in action. At number three, the East Eagles. At 6-0, and they had their crossover game last week. They took down Pittsburgh, uh, score of that game 27-17. to And, you know, it wasn't a, a massive blowout of Pittsburgh. You know, they were kind of in this one. I mean, East did score the first 20 points of the game, and it kind of got a little out of hand. Pittsburgh had a very late touchdown, so really more like 27-10. But one thing that I do want to highlight that East showed me in this game, uh, they played with a physical team. You know, Pittsburgh 
for all of their, you know, offensive struggles so far this season, they're still pretty big. They can still, you know, they're going to pound at you. Like it's a, you know, it's a physical football team. And the other thing he showed me is that usually when we see the Eagles in action, it's long touchdowns, it's big touchdowns, it's breakout plays. It's not really sustaining drives, which is what you need to do when the weather gets bad, when you play against these good physical teams. That's what East was doing in this game. They scored their first two drives, really methodical, moving down the field. They had two more field goals where, um, you know, red zone offense, a little bit of an issue there, but nothing too crazy. But East did show me that they were able to play a more, you know, methodical, don't need Anthony Diaz to return a punt for a touchdown. Don't need Irvin Wiggins to have a pick six. Don't need Zymir Jackson to break out a 70-yard run, which... Two of those three things have usually happened in every single game this year, but they showed me that they can win, as we've talked about before, in a different way this week. Yeah, and that was probably going to be their last game where they needed to kind of, you know, figure things out and not necessarily just cruise because next two weeks, I believe I have Wilson and then I have it in front of me, uh, Athena, two teams who they should take care of, um, you know, just looking at it on paper. So a game like Pittsburgh, you know, I don't want to call it a tune-up before sectionals when it's three weeks before the sectional uh, playoffs begin. Having said that, though, um, like you just mentioned, you're not always going to have your fastball. So if you're able to throw off-speed pitch and still win with that, that's encouraging to see if you're an Eagles uh, fan. Yeah, they also obviously showed they can drive down the field against Canada where they won that game-winning play. So a lot of things to like if you're an East Eagles fan. At number four, the Hilton Cadets at five and one. Uh, in our pre-show meeting, I did give a, an argument for for Hilton to stay at number three ahead of East, just based off of uh, you know the quality teams they've played so far this year. But Hilton at five and one, they've played a lot of close games. They've won just about all of them. Uh, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs this year. I'm, I mean, I don't care who they're playing. Like I know they haven't <laughs> seen you prep yet, but ain't, that team ain't got no quit and is led by you know uh, Robert Lowry. But they got some dogs on that team who are willing to hit. And as long as you're willing to do that in this game called football you can take this a long, long way. So the cadets, uh, they're not, I know it's ranked one through four. I don't, it's not some seismic gap between McQuaid and and Hilton at all. No, definitely not. Uh, Number five, Victor, 6-0 on the season. Once again, a close dramatic victory for the Victor Blue Devils. They've done that a lot this season so far. They beat Brighton by one touchdown. They beat Schrader by a point. They beat Aronicoit by a point in overtime. And Carl, you were at the game where they took down Churchville Chile at the last minute. Yeah, they didn't look good for like <laughs> 75% of the game. I got there, I believe, uh, second quarter, maybe uh, halftime. I don't know. Regardless, they were down and it looked out, uh, to be honest with you. But they made a quarterback switch, went back to their senior quarterback. Um, didn't look great either when he first got in the game, but however, led to. Um, really, really good long touchdown drives in the fourth to go win it. Um, Jake Leonard caught the game winner, what I believe, about a minute ago. I mean, it's not about really how you do it. It's just, did you get the job done? I mean, <laughs> if we're in boxing, I mean, they're they're pulling out decisions. It's not like they're knocking these guys, these teams out. They're pulling out late split decision wins in the 12th round where everyone on Twitter is like, oh, no, the other team won. Like, that's kind of how the Blue Devils are getting it done. Uh, but, I mean, I can't knock it. I mean, until you uh, hand them an L – dubs for the uh, for the blue devils yeah you know adam like you mentioned they make the quarterback change so we'll see who they go with going forward uh the freshman eric torres uh the senior jacob laughlin uh, never a bad thing to have multiple options of guys who you can think uh moving down the field especially you know we have seen some teams get uh, derailed by injuries going forward um looking forward on the victor's schedule as uh we peer to the road into the playoffs 
Uh, as I pull that up this week, they've got Gates Chilai at home, and then they go on the road to Spencerport. So perhaps a chance for them to, you know, build some more confidence, let them know that they can win by more than one score at the last minute. So uh, Victor at 6-0. and At number six, Aronicoit at 5-1 and in our rankings. Uh, their, their season keeps on uh, – chugging along with a impressive 24 to six win over Thomas. As we mentioned before, they just barely lost to Aronicoit. So uh, Aronicoit just keeps playing good football. They run the ball. Well, uh, they did have an injury to their quarterback last game, but it did not uh, affect them too much. Uh, only a 24, six win over Thomas, but they get the job done once again. Oh, a wins a win. I haven't seen Aronicoit this season, man, but all the names that I'm seeing, a couple of them are basketball players. So that the names uh, definitely rings a bell. But if you would have told me coming into the year that Aronicoy would be five and one based off what they lost from last year's team, who still they weren't juggernauts last year either, and they still lost some quality players. So the fact that they're one and one, uh, five and zero oh says a lot about their coaching staff and these kids are stepping up and having a successful season to this point. At number seven, a team where we we kind of you know scoffed at a little bit for putting in our rankings. We're like, all right, I guess we got to put in Aquinas, but now Aquinas is really building something pretty good. Uh, they just took down Penfield on the road. They shut them out 27-0. Uh, you know, Penfield, not the strongest team in the world, but still, that's a, a quality football team. You hold them to zero points. That's still impressive. They've really found their groove on offense so far. Darian Battle, the junior running back, getting it done for the Little Irish. Uh, in that Penfield game, he was our section, uh, Channel 8 Player of the Week. He had 28 carries for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, in the game prior, a 49 to 14 win over Rush Henrietta. They he had 15 for a buck 38 in the touchdown. And in a 35 to 14 win against Fairport, he had 36 carries for 219 yards and three touchdowns. That is a combined three-game total for 538 yards and six touchdowns. So their 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 quarterback can run a little too. They've got uh, you know, a really mobile attack, and Aquinas is uh now chugging along at four and two on the season. They were a young team. I, I know speaking mm-hmm. to their to their head coach, it makes sense why they're trending a little bit better as we get into October into the sectional time of year. A lot of players who don't necessarily have a lot of snaps under their belt. Even the seniors and juniors that they had didn't play a lot last year. They lost a ton, especially on the offensive side of the ball, led by a freshman quarterback. Makes sense that they stumbled out of the gates a bit. And they'll have some some two tests coming up where they get to test that uh test all that experience real quick with Hilton and McQuaid to finish out their season. At number eight, Canandaigua at four and two. They stay at the same spot. Aquinas jumping over them, but Canandaigua kind of just keep chugging along uh, so far. They beat Wilson 48 to six. Not much to say about that game. At number nine, Churchville Chilai. We talked about them last week. We were like, all right, four and one. You know, they haven't really played anybody. They lost bad to East when they did. Showed us a fair bit by by hanging with Victor all the way down to the wire. They get in our number nine spot at four and two. I'll make it quick. Ricardo Lagares, that's a ball player. He yeah. can really he can really really play, and he kept those uh, kept those Saints in there for as long as he could, man. So I'm gonna give him his flowers for how hard he played Saturday afternoon. Yeah, he he always plays hard. He's always a really tough player to shut down, and you get a guy like that in the postseason. I know obviously the other team's gonna try and game plan away from him, but He's going to be tough to slow down. You're going to have a chance with him every single time you take the field. And then at number 10, the Brighton Bruins at four and two on the season, kind of a bit of a up and down campaign for them. You know, they suffer uh, an overtime loss to Brockport where they, you know, gave that game away at the end, basically. 
Um, but other than that, they've been pretty smooth sailing. They they lost by a touchdown to Victor. And then last week you were there, Carl. Uh, a pretty impressive win, 28 to 21 over Schrader. Yeah, as I'm walking in the building onto the field, excuse me, return a kick. I'm like, oh, so what type of game we we we, we, we I'm watching right here. Uh, and I expected Schrader to throw the ball over the yard because that's what Schrader does just against just about anybody. But Brighton did a, a solid enough job slowing them down in that in that capacity. I mean, impressive win. I know that their resume isn't the cleanest. It's not. I mean, they got some some blemishes on there. Having said that, though, I went over a Schrader potent attack is nothing to sneeze at at all. Uh, some teams just missing out. Arcadia at four and two, Schrader at three and three, falling out of the rankings. Uh, Gates Chilai at four and two, Pittsburgh two and four, Fairport two and four. All teams that are probably going to be uh, in the postseason picture or just on the outside looking in because Class A will uh, will eliminate some teams. They only got eight teams playing so far in the postseason. Moving on to our small school rankings, where just about everything is going to stay the same. So we're going to breeze through this real quick. None of these teams really played uh, show me games of any kind. Monroe at number one, Leroy at number two, Attica Alexander at number three, HFL at number four, Batavia at number five, ERG at number six, Letchworth Warsaw Perry at number seven, Pembroke at eight and oh, York Perry at number nine, and then number 10 getting into our rankings for the first time this season. We've only been doing it for two weeks, but they get into our rankings. The Avon football team, they still don't have a, a mascot yet. Avon with a 25 to 20 win over Canastillo Greenwood last week. Avon so far this season, that was actually kind of a, a redeeming game for Avon. Some of these teams are going to play each other more than once because there's not a lot of Class D schools this year. First week of the season, Canastillo Greenwood beat Avon 12-7 to on Avon's home turf. This past week, they go to Canastillo Greenwood. Not a short drive by any stretch of the imagination, and Avon gets the win 25-20. to So Avon getting it done, uh, moving into our 10th spot so far this season. No, that, that drive not easy at all, <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, and then they'll get to finish off their season against uh, Notre Dame, Batavia, who they already took down earlier this year. And then an OAE team who um, is obviously much different without Bodie Hyde at the helm. I believe that's what's missing, right? Yeah. Uh, Bodie Hyde, yeah. Yep. And then so we'll get to see if they can take them down for the second time this year. So that is our rankings. If you want to hear kind of more in-depth about those small schools, Listen to last week's podcast. We're not going to ignore them every single week, but there's really just not much to say about uh, what these teams did last week. All right, moving on to our teams of the week, our uh, standout teams this past week that we uh, we saw in action or the really impressed stuff. Uh, Carl, your standout team for this week. Straight to the point. When you take down your rival in, in fun fashion last game of the year, I got to give you your flowers, the Aquinas boys soccer team went undefeated in the regular season for the first time in 20 years the 14-0-2 record um first time they actually beat McQuaid in seven years according to primetime uh my man 10-10 page got the game-winning goal on Wednesday against the Knights on the road to secure that win just an all-around good year for the uh for the little Irish we gave them a ton of flowers on this podcast but just to finish off that regular season the way they did and to kind of cement themselves as the dominant team in Class A this year is encouraging to see. Alfonso Vito, great, great player, leads them in points this year. Chancel Shabani, also another good player. And then in goal, got to give him his flowers. You know, the goalies don't get all the, uh, all the sh shine and get on TV too often. My man Joshua Gleason, just nine goals allowed this year against a schedule that had some heavy hitters on it. So the fact that he was able to fortify the defense back there with some, ex I want to say, explosive goal scores on the other side, 
good little Irish team, and I can't wait to see how far they can take this thing. Yeah, Aquinas currently ranked at number four in the state in Class A, and I don't believe that included. Yeah, that did not include their win over McQuaid. So that will probably maybe go up even a spot or two. Um, number four in the state. Other class five, uh, Section 5 teams in the Class A state rankings, HFL is at 14, Wayne is at 17. So certainly not going to be a cakewalk uh, for the Little Irish to go into the postseason, but I have seen them in person. They're really fun. Um, as we talked about before, really a creative, really exciting team to watch. So Aquinas, they are certainly uh, going to be a team to be reckoned with as we move forward into the postseason. I'm going to go to the field hockey field for my uh, standout team of the week. Sutherland Knights took down Menden one to nothing. Uh, wasn't the most action-packed game in the world really a, a defensive showdown carl was at this game um at least the the final uh however they play in lacrosse 50 or so minutes did not or uh, not in lacrosse and field hockey didn't see a goal in that time but they got it done with a one nothing victory over menden joy lee the only goal for the knights uh in the one nothing victory in just the first few minutes of the game and a sutherland team that you know we we highlighted on our broadcast last year a team that finally broke through to a sectional championship game uh, title last year after some very close, dramatic, close calls um, this year. They did lose a lot from that team last year, but they're still uh, still going strong. They have eight shutouts on the season so far. They've played uh, two of those two games where they only gave up one goal, so a really strong defensive team. Um, just two days ago, or yesterday, excuse me, they tied with Fairport, uh, a nil-nil, a zero-zero draw, so... A really a defensive team, but they got redemption against Menden. They lost to them 2-0 earlier this season. And Sutherland, my uh, my standout team of the week. I wanted to put y'all on TV, Lady Knights. <laughs> I did. I really did. I was there the whole game, except for the, I guess, first three or four minutes where y'all scored the goal. So I don't know who I should be mad at. I guess I'd be mad at myself for maybe not getting there, or I should be mad at y'all for not wanting to score. Nonetheless, y'all got the dub. Who cares? That's all that really matters. But, yeah, man, field hockey really ain't treating me well this year. But it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Y'all go raise the brick and just forget anything that I got to say. Yeah, I will say this. Field hockey, we haven't talked about it too much on the show this year. But it's kind of a really – should be a really good playoff uh, brackets for both Class A and Class B. Right now, you've got Menden at 12-1, and one, who just took down Thomas. They only – they handed them their first loss of the season. So, uh, Menden bounced back from that Sutherland loss pretty good. Uh, Sutherland at 9-3-1 and one is kind of a two-horse race in Class B. And then in Class A, you've really got three teams kind of battling it out. You've got Thomas at 11-1-1. You've got Penfield at 9-1-2. and two, And you've got Fairport at 8-3-2. and two. Fairport hasn't uh, exactly beaten any of those teams above them, but they've played them really darn close. So field hockey is going to be a fun one. I always do enjoy covering the field hockey games in the playoffs. They always seem to be uh, pretty exciting. As long as, uh, you know, we get there at the time uh, where the goals are, Carl. Yeah, as long as y'all actually putting the ball in the net, that, that's, I'm sure it's enjoyable when that happens for sure. All right, and let's move on to our games to watch. We got a lot of great games coming up this week on Football Frenzy Friday night. Carl, what game do you have your eyes on for this week? Aronicoy at Schrader. Should be a good game on the field, but just the playoff implications of it, I think is the most important one for me. Schrader is right on the cusp of making the playoffs on the cut line right there. I believe they're the eighth seeded team in Class A. So yep. they can't afford any more L's or else they'll risk missing the playoffs. I think Aronicoy decidedly in at this point with five wins on the season. So this is a game just for playoff and keeping your seasons alive type of deal 
for the, the, the Warriors need to come out with a win. So that's the game where I'm really in tune and want to see how it turns out. Yeah, and Trader, they've played a lot of close games, a lot of tight games this season, haven't exactly won any of those games. You know, they're either blowing out uh, average to below average teams or they're losing close games to, you know, these good teams. So that'll be a good test uh, to see them take on Ronda Coy, especially kind of the two styles. Schrader's going to throw the ball at you a little more. Ronda Coy kind of more ground and pound with their two-headed monster in the backfield. So that should be a good game. I'm going to class AA for my uh, game to watch. You've got Aquinas taking on Hilton. Aquinas hosting that game. Kind of a show-me game, as we like to, to say on this show. Aquinas has been building up with teams in uh, you know the bottom half of the Class AA standings. Uh, this week, they'll get a chance to prove themselves against Hilton. And Hilton, the hits just keep on coming. They keep playing tough games. Uh, should be a good one there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're talking about Robert Lowry, how much gas he got in the tank. Well, <laughs> We better find out because he he started his sectional playoff run last week, you know, and how much he can go for. So yeah, well, it'd be, I'm interested to see if the cadets can keep their energy high on back to back to back weeks leading to the playoffs. Should be uh, both some great games for you. We will have those for you on Football Frenzy. You can watch it online uh, Friday or Friday at eleven and online RochesterFirst.com. Uh, but that'll do it for us on the High School Huddle today. Remember, you can watch us RochesterFirst.com, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. For Carl Jones, I am AJ Feldman. Have a great rest of your day, your week, and we will see you next time.